0: Welcome to the Harry Potter Virgin, where three Potterheads guide a Wizarding World Virgin on their first journey from platform nine and three quarters. On this show, our resident muggle, Rob, will share his experience of reading the original Harry Potter series for the first time in his 30-something years. He'll be helped along the way by three veterans of the Potterverse. This is series four, episode 14, Rob Foot Returns. Today, we'll be reviewing chapters 26 and 27 of book four, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. They are The Second Task and Padfoot Returns. Before Rob joins us, let me bring in my co-hosts to set the scene. Welcome, Millers. Hello. And Phil.
1: Sexy Dean Thomas.
0: Sexy Dean Thomas. He's only 12, but we want to touch him. Right. No, not oh, touch, don't
2: Matt, touch well, him. Matt, look, you've got to be careful because you're just making more work for us. I'd leave that. I'd leave that in.
0: All right, house, what's the housekeeping?
2: Housekeeping is that uh, Sainsbury's pissed us all, us all off. Yeah, we're
0: and no longer sponsored by. Sainsbury's. We're not
2: sponsored by Sainsbury's, and I'm really sorry if like anyone thought they're like going to Sainsbury's or specifically ordering online from Sainsbury's was a good idea because we were banging on about it because it's an awful idea and they'll just screw you over.
1: Yeah, we've been let. We've both individually been let down, as in the order just didn't come.
2: Yeah. And also, we've kind of collectively been let down because when you were let down, we were supposed to be food. Yeah,
1: when you were there. Yeah. They are, honest to God, I'm burning all my bridges with them if they let us down next weekend. Well, this is
2: what I'm worried about. That's Cogmas. That That is is
3: massive. I don't know,
1: do we go
2: to another supermarket? But then, like, I don't don't want to downgrade to Tesco.
0: My housekeeping is that I'm drunk and this is this is the first this is the first episode of the Harry Potter version that I'm going to be involved with uh drunk
2: it might be the last and it should probably be the last
0: I think it will be great I think it will be great also mm-hmm. it, there's so many firsts this week first time I'm drunk first time we're doing this on a Saturday night
1: oh we need to get alive I do never. <laughs> no, so, no. Phil
0: I've been forced into this I was in the I was in the pub with family, I, I was I was dragged home.
3: Oh, family! Oh, family!
0: What kind of insult is that? Ooh, family! You've <laughs> got a family, Jesus!
1: Shut right. up <laughs> a minute. Potter doesn't have a family. I've got more housekeeping. This is the deal.
2: Basically, we're really behind on on editing them. They're not yes. coming out. They're not.
1: It's not happening. But. By the time this comes out, though, it will have happened.
0: <laughs> well, this was my next first. This is the first time we've that we've recorded with two in the can.
2: Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. No one cares about the first. The point is, the reason this is all happen- having to happen is because Rob is letting us down in a big way. A huge way. And basically, he said to us he's not available any Mondays, Mondays is the day that we record, in the whole of December. So we're gonna we're having to, and also apparently not available any Tuesdays, Wednesday, Thursday, or Fridays in December. Yeah. So we basically we're going only gonna be able to record, I think, two
0: in the next month. Basically, he sent us a, he sent us a list of days that he would be free, and, was, and they were all Saturdays and Sundays. And I was like, what What is going on in your life? Why is it yeah. the wrong way around?
1: Also, like, I didn't like his excuse for why you can't do Mondays anymore. Charity. I know.
0: Yeah, he set up some kind of charity thing.
1: Who <laughs> uh, does he think? He, who's got time?
0: Him, He's got too much time. Him and Lenny
3: Henry.
2: Yeah. Everything you hear about lawyers working really long hours doesn't seem to apply to Rob.
1: Can't he just do some pro bono? What type of law does he do anyway?
0: I don't think the charity is to do with law.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it's to do with. I don't know what it's to do with, and I don't want to make anything up.
1: No. No, because then he'll just plug it.
0: I'm happy for him to plug a charity. Oh, all
1: well, right then.
2: Not
0: I'm interested not, in charity. I'm interested
2: in anything Rob's got to say.
0: Well, that <laughs> is sort of the point of the podcast, I'll be honest.
2: <laughs> Outside of <laughs> chapters 26 and 27 of The Goblet of Fire.
0: Speaking of the podcast, um, what do we think of the
4: chapters?
1: Yeah, they're, I mean, they're bloody great. I mean, they get, yeah, they're great. Like, and, and I've got to say, Padfoot Returns, is a, such a good chapter, I think, and I just do you know what pisses me off is I already know he's just going to fucking slate it. What struck me was
2: um, the second task is a
1: really long chapter. Oh, it's long time I've, I've cut it down.
3: <laughs> long, <laughs> really long, very long. There's
1: lots of stuff that isn't particularly relevant. Like there's yeah, so I'm only really pulling out the relevant details.
2: I don't really like the task chapters. I don't, I never find them that interesting, but um, I preferred Padfoot Returns.
0: I love the tasks first time round, but once you know what's going to happen, they're not, they're obviously, they lose their main thrust. Whereas whereas other chapters, even once you know what's going to happen, they still affect you in a similar way for whatever reason. And Padfoot Returns is very narrative heavy. Yeah. you like a recap of all the things you should know at this point done as a conversation between Sirius and the kids. I found it very interesting, and I think it's a underrated, oft-forgotten chapter. I agree, Rob will probably not like it. I, I mean, I hope that he comes away from it no longer thinking that Barty Crouch is a dark wizard. That would be good, because I don't know how more clearly it could spelled out, be spelled out that he isn't because um, Rob somehow came away from the egg and the eye thinking that like Barty Crouch Senior was a wrong'un in some this sense.
2: This is the first time we learn learn about, more about what Barty Crouch Senior, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's the first time we get a bit more of information on him. It's the first time we learn of the existence of Barty Crouch Junior. Yeah, true. It's a real red herring.
1: It's the first time we hear a bit more about that story and obviously... We get an, uh, an abridged version because the version that, that Sirius knows of it isn't the version that finally comes out of true. But it's still a very tragic story, even, even in the way that it's told now.
3: Yeah, um, cool.
1: So it'll be interesting to know what he thinks about that. And again, it'd be interesting to bring up if he thinks it's appropriate for a kid's book.
0: I agree, because it is very bleak.
1: It's really bleak.
0: Also, it would be remiss of us to um, not mention the new uh, variant of COVID.
1: What's going on with that? Because I only saw a
2: headline.
0: Let's let's speak to Rob about it.
2: Basically, you've got to wear masks and if you go abroad, when you come back, you've got to do PCR tests.
0: Right, shall we bring him in?
2: Yeah.
4: Hello, Rob. All right, nerds. How's everyone doing?
2: All right. Matt's drunk.
4: It's Saturday night. I can tell boys, his eyes oh yeah. For
2: fuck's sake, that is outrageous. Yeah, you've got wonky eyes. Yeah, wonky. Go- <laughs> they go wonky
3: when you.
4: <laughs> they're just softened. Everything's softened. I've been having sort of Harry Potter names in my head a lot recently. Yeah. You know, when just the names are running through your head mm-hmm. of characters, kind of characters. Just you know, Ludo Bagman, um, that kind of stuff, just running through your head. You know, like a sort of earworm, but internally. How could that happen with a name? I understand it with a song. Just, just the names. Yeah, they're stuck in my head. I don't know. You're literally just saying the names in your head. Yeah, just rolling around on the names, and that's
0: so weird. Just with plain words, I can't. I can't.
4: One of my biggest concerns is that I'm going to start making reference because I've forced into this. I'm going to start making reference to this in public space. And people are going to think I'm a massive nerd.
1: Well, people will respect you more. Bro. Most
4: people like Harry Potter. It's like they'll, it,
1: they'll just respect
4: it's you. It's quite
0: popular. You'll probably get a good response.
4: You know, like, yeah, when everyone's, everyone's, everyone's seen Friends, right? So there's always stuff that happens in your and you'll reference an episode or whatever. I'm going to, yeah, make a joke about, you know, Cornelius Fudge or whatever, and
1: yeah, like what, what kind, like riff, riff now, like what kind of thing you think?
4: Yeah, like this guy with his fucking jacket. Who do you think he is, Cornelius Fudge? The- <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll die inside. Look at
1: this twat in a lime green top hat, <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I'll die inside, and and you know that's how it's going to work. So, anyway, anyway, Rob, yeah, thanks for
0: um, thanks for bringing us all together on a on a Saturday night um for this one. <laughs> No,
4: you're very welcome, mate
0: Yeah, we're all all thrilled with that We
2: didn't have anything else to do
0: Yeah, good Nothing else on (laughs) Why don't we crack on (laughs) Rob, chapter 26 Hot take, please On the second task
4: It was a very good chapter, wasn't it? It was a very good chapter I enjoyed it
0: That's hot That's good That is hot Steaming, steaming hot Chapter 27,
4: hot take, Padfoot returns. It wasn't a very good chapter. You honestly, you,
1: honestly, Rob, you do not right, know
0: so Bill, what
4: you're Bill,
3: talking about. Bill,
4: it's okay, babe. It's okay. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. Saturday night. Well, hey, we're all having a good time, aren't we? All having sorry, a guess one. what?
1: Guess what happened? The I'm not having a good time. You haven't sorry, you have Then. Um, oh. guess what happened like yesterday? and Tonks was here as in my friend Tonks and um, I was going to get her to film me doing the unboxing of the calendars you know like people (laughs) do unboxing videos (laughs) (laughs) anyway she didn't film it I just did an example of an unboxing video for her as I unboxed it and it was very very exciting I'm gutted you you didn't film it
0: so you've unboxed the calendars but you didn't bring this up in housekeeping
1: no, I thought I'd bring it up now.
4: Extraordinary. What's your initial impressions, Phil?
1: I mean, they are exactly what I ordered. So, yeah. The yeah. um, so good thing is they are for 2022.
0: <laughs> that is really good. That is positive.
2: Because what you tried to order was for 2021, so it's good job they didn't let you.
1: In Yeah, in my head, they were 2021 calendars, but they aren't, therefore... Next year, and um, there's one one up for grabs. Although I imagine by the time this podcast airs, that one would have been would have yeah, gone.
0: Probably be out in you know, January, mid-Jan at this at this race. <laughs> well, it's wire um,
1: anyway, just in case.
0: We better do some walkthroughs. Then we've had some hot takes oh, from Rob. Yeah. We've had a very good chapter, and it wasn't a very good chapter. So mm. let's let's unpack all of that, starting with the second task, Philippa. Let's go for it. You're going to start with the question.
4: <laughs> what happened in the chapter? <laughs> What's going on?
1: So, chapter opens. Charms. Learning the ban- banishing charm, which is the opposite of the summoning charm. Um, and they're having a discussion, aren't they, about what happened the night before? That Moody searched Snape's office before Harry relaying <laughs> everything that happened in the previous chapter, the egg and the eye. Yeah. And that he saw that Barty Crouch
4: yeah. was
1: in Snape's office.
4: Yes, yes, yeah. He
1: saw it on the map. And Hermione, what's Hermione kind of pulling out of this?
4: Um,
1: Do you want me to tell you? Yes,
4: please. Please, Phil.
1: Hermione's really confused as to why Crouch is maybe pretending to be ill and not coming to the yule ball. Yeah. But he's managing to get up and come to Hogwarts in the dead of night to search Snape's office. And she's really uh, confused about that. Harry really wants to know what um, Snape did with his first chance if he's on his second chance with Dumbledore. Yeah, Um, there's questions everywhere. There are literally questions everywhere. Um, Hermione asserts that she does trust Snape because Dumbledore trusts Snape. Just so many questions. And I bet your head was just swimming with questions, was it Rob? Was it was it no?
4: Yeah, I didn't really know what was going on. I'll be honest. I
1: bet you've got theories there, haven't you?
4: Let's let's pause on this. He said
0: he doesn't really know what's going on.
1: Yeah. And we know bright lad like you, Rob, you must have millions of theories. You have them, haven't you?
0: You are smart, like, and you've said this a couple of weeks in a row. And I, I do want to stress, it's a children's book. So I don't
4: really know what you mean when you say that. I don't know who's done what and like who was in snooping around Snape's office and, you know, what happened with the whole, I don't know what um, Crouch is up to, what Karkaroff is doing.
0: Okay, so you you don't know the things that you are
4: supposed not to know.
0: Yeah, for, for want of a better phrase, not yet to know, but you understand what's going on in the story, though, don't you?
4: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I had a pretty strong theory on what I would do if I was trying to get to the bottom of the lake as well.
1: Oh, brilliant.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll I'll let Phil bring that in when she wants to. Phil, do you want to carry on?
1: Great. So, um, really quickly, Harry sends a letter to Sirius explaining everything he learned the night before. We now get to a point Harry, Ron, Hermione are all discussing how Harry is going to survive for an hour underwater during the Mm. second task. Ron's thoughts, um, it's to summon again, because he's so (laughs) damn imaginative. And um, Harry's taught him about things like aqualungs, and he's interested in maybe summoning an aqualung, but Hermione suggests that... um, that's a stupid idea and you'd be breaking loads of laws by summoning that because people would see. Um, Hermione suggests human transfiguration but says that's not covered until seventh year and it can go badly wrong. So they all go back to the library and start looking for charms or spells. What were your thoughts, Rob? Because you're, you're a Gryffindor, you've got a wand, you've been at this school now for four years. What are you thinking?
4: Right, I'm thinking a, a massive boy, you know, like a boy, as in like a floating boy. Oh,
1: yeah. not like a big boy.
4: Not, not a big boy. Hashtag big boy. A boy. Slice off the top of a boy. Yeah. Okay. So it's a big sort of floating dish. And then at the bottom, have a li- really long tube and connect it to a snorkel. Right. And then the boy floats to the top and it's like air, it's, it's up to the air. And then you've just yeah. got a really long snorkel tube.
2: So, Rob, well, you you were not going to use magic at all?
4: No, just just don't need to. It's like scrapbooking Challenge.
0: Hundreds of connected plastic straws.
1: Yeah, you're sucking in from that. What happens if there's a bit of a bob in the lake and some water goes into the buoy and that goes straight into your lungs?
4: Well, hang on. Massive buoy. Massive buoy and also probably a, a, a warming charm or something or just get a wetsuit so that it doesn't freeze up in the cold water
0: so so the tube I'm worried
4: about how many straws you the need the tube
2: is, is not yeah. flexible. the the tube is like always as long mm. as it is
4: no the tube is is just massively long it's like a real long bit of pipe
2: it's always the same length so so okay we need at the bottom but to begin with it's what just like flying like around in the air
4: you need 200 vacuum tubes you can always magic extend it or something, doesn't he? Yeah, true.
1: I think that Rob's idea is a bag of shit.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, you should, Rob, you should have come up with an invented, um, something invented that, you know, that wasn't, you know, practical.
2: I think Rob's idea is better than anything Harry had.
0: It is better than anything Harry had. Mainly well, since Harry had nothing. You know?
1: Because it's a completely useless idea, it doesn't work. Harry was just going to go and be like, oh, no, Harry I was can't gonna, do I,
0: it. I mean, not wanting to get ahead of the walkthrough, but Harry was just going to sleep through it. <laughs> so why don't we press on with that?
1: Okay, so back to library. Harry starts to get very nervous as um as the task gets closer. Just before, a few days before, he receives a... Relax- uh, uh, a letter from Sirius, and what does it say?
4: Meet meet me at the.
1: No, it says send me the dates of the next Hogsmeade yes. weekend. So from this, Harry deduces that he's coming back, and you know, very close to the school, and um, remembers that he forgot to actually tell Sirius what he had found out when he'd um, listened to the clue mm. underwater, and therefore forgot to ask for help from the one adult wizard that he could care magical creatures class hagrid is reluctantly sticking with unicorns and has managed to get two unicorn foals and Mm. the foals are much more comfortable much more trusting and happy with the boys and did you like finding out a bit about unicorns i love
4: it yeah didn't know didn't know that obviously because it's not real but i didn't didn't know that Didn't know that, not part of my... Didn't know that, it's
3: not real. It's not real.
1: Harry thinks, maybe I could ask Hagrid, maybe he goes into the lake sometimes to care for some of the magical creatures. But um, Hagrid is so... What's Hagrid being like with Harry that means that he doesn't feel that he can ask
4: him? Oh, he's, he's, he's just telling him that he's going to win and he, he believes he's going to win. Gives him the yeah. big old fucking hand on the shoulder.
1: Oh, yeah. It's too much
4: pressure. Doesn't yeah. want to let him down.
1: No, so... So he just uh, doesn't ask. So it's the night before and Harry, Ron, Hermione all in the library just looking through books and books and books. What happens then?
4: Well, he can't, he can't work out what he's going to do. Um, so, oh, doesn't... Um, McGonagall is sent for them.
1: Yeah, Fred, Fred and George turn up with a message from McGonagall. And what is that message?
4: Ron and Hermione have to report to mcgonagall for some something
1: yeah so harry's on his own just on his own in yeah. the library he's got
4: to just keep studying keep looking at the books did you remember having did you ever have that where you'd get called out of a lesson to to see the head teacher or like to see a teacher and he didn't know what he'd done wrong i reckon you were awfully behaved phil so this must have happened
1: well I, in certain years i was very, very bad <laughs> I think it was more, do you know what, this is so bad, but like, if I ever got called out of lesson for something, I was more just excited to find out, like, because if I I wasn't bothered about getting in trouble, if I'm honest. And then when I got, this this is the thing, I was really, not. I was quite naughty up until year nine, but then I became a bit of a status symbol.
4: (laughs) What does that mean? Self, self self-titled.
1: So like, for, for example, like I wasn't a prefect, I didn't do the whole prefect thing.
0: Your reputation was you.
1: I was deputy head girl, so I was like, a, a, I was voted in, not by the teachers.
4: Democratic. The people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Students loved the uh, teachers later.
1: I'm sure, no, I think some teachers did really like, the ones that understood me did like me. It was a very big school. So most of the teachers wouldn't have known me, but they probably heard of me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> of course, uh, just stay
3: as simple. <laughs>
1: or, or,
3: you yeah, became an I, icon. I, She was I, iconic, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh God, in my head I was anyway. Yeah.
0: Some say a legend.
1: Yeah, let's oh, go. <laughs> yeah, like people talk about me now and they don't know if I ever actually existed.
3: They'd never met her, but they'd heard of
1: them. Yeah, I met there with unicorns, basically. <laughs> so Harry goes back to his dormitory, gets his invisibility cloak, goes back to the library. And who saves the day in the morning? Who wakes him up when he's literally about to sleep through the task?
4: It's so Dobby, isn't it? Dobby's oh, literally dug him out. He's not only yeah. waking him up in time; he's given him the answer.
1: Absolutely! What an absolute! And how has he found out the answer?
4: Oh, because he's basically he's got his ear, his massive ear to the ground, and he's yes. he's heard people talking, and he knows what's going on. He knows what the mm. task is. Do
1: you remember who he heard talking?
4: Was it Karkaroff? No. No. Snape.
1: No, I'm going to fill you in here. It is Moody is talking to uh, Professor McGonagall.
4: Okay. Right, he's listening Yeah,
1: asking if he thinks Harry would think to use gillyweed. So the next we know Dobby's turned up with some gillyweed, tells Harry that he just needs to eat it before he goes in. So Harry runs down to the lake. The task is about to start. What's going on with the judges? So who's there, who's not there?
4: Crouch isn't there. He's missing Sorry,
1: again. Isn't there? He's yeah, missing. who's covering? Percy again. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: You said like as if you hadn't read it. And you were just guessing.
4: No. <laughs> one fact I do remember.
1: <laughs> um. So you've got obviously Maxi, Madam Maxim, Carcuroff, that both look quite disappointed to see Harry. Mm. Bagman and Dumbledore absolutely beaming, so happy to see him. And um, feeling quite stupid, he kind of wades into the lake and um, eats the gillyweed. Mm. And what happens?
4: He develops gills. He becomes a bit sort of Kevin Costner in Waterworld. He's got gills, flippers, and he starts swimming in.
2: So does gillyweed, obviously it gives you gills so you can breathe through those underwater, but does it stop you from... Being able to
4: breathe normally. Yeah, it seems yeah. like it. It it flip reverses yeah. it because he's 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 gasping for air suddenly.
1: It basically makes you perfect for being underwater. Cause you get flippers, you get and, and he doesn't talk about feeling, like you said, doesn't talk about feeling the coals and it's everywhere yeah. and he's going like really far down in the lake. Harry um comes across some Grindelows. Now we've we've met Grindelows before. We met a Grindelow before. Do you remember when?
4: Uh, were they trying to get them back in a box or something? Was that that one?
1: No, it was Defence Against the Dark Arts with Lupin. There was one in, in Lupin's office one time when Harry went by. He explained that they, they're water dwellers and they lure... Was
4: that creatures. the one in the wardrobe? No, it was a water bogger.
1: dweller. A right. water dweller. That was a bogger.
4: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Sometimes they just think you need to brush up on your magical creatures. Mm. There's something to do in your own time just written mental here but I don't know <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> myrtle mm. yeah <laughs> yeah she pops up and
4: gives him the old give him gives him the old point in the right direction
1: yeah yeah he's got friends in high places it's so hasn't he
3: yeah
1: tells him that they're this way and then he comes across the Murr people's village which I thought was quite interesting mm, I quite yeah. like the description of that and what does he find there
4: it's a little village square sort of yeah they're all gathered there's a choir little like sort of stalls and stuff and they've all got spears yeah and he's like unsure if they're going to kill him or not but they're basically just kind of observing
1: and what are they guarding
4: uh so it's all the sort of people they miss the most so you've got ron you've got hermione and cho and you've got the sister the Vila sister.
1: So that's a bit of a twist, isn't it? Because we have no idea prior to that that these are going to be people.
4: Yeah, that was a twist. But obviously, we got we got a hint that it was from Dobby that it was Weasley. But we didn't know oh, they yeah. were all going to be people. And you know, I quick as a flash assigned the people to the to the champions. You know, so uh,
1: you know what, Rob? You are you're quick, there, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. I thought, straight so off.
1: you just knew Fleur's sister would be Fleur's? You just knew that, just, just straight off? It's straight
4: off, yeah, because, of, you know, process of elimination, him. wasn't
3: it? Classic. Yeah,
1: true. Lovely. So Harry arrives, all four of them are there. So mm-hmm. he realises that he must be the first. Um, but not long after, Cedric turns mm. up. He tells Harry that the others are on their way. How has Cedric dealt with the... Um, being underwater.
4: Got a bubble head or something. A sort of space helmet.
1: Yeah, he's used a bubble head charm. Wonderful. And um, he immediately, I think he has, does he have a knife with him? I think he has a knife and he cut. Of course
4: he does. Absolute lad. So
1: free. Yeah, absolutely bossing it.
4: Ser- Harry's got a knife, but he didn't bring it with him as well.
1: Classic. Just
4: serious, like an un, you know irresponsible yeah. adult would have given him a knife for Christmas. I don't remember that.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
4: Hmm. Unsurprising.
1: But like to be fair, I don't even think how he brushed his teeth.
4: True, true, true. Yeah, it was a bit of a rush.
1: Um, then Crumb turns up, and what's Crumb done?
4: He's got the head of a shark because he's yeah. sort of half um, changed into a shark.
1: Yeah, and, and we find out later on in the chapter when um, Bagman does kind of the review of what Edwin did, that he basically used a form of human transfiguration, but it was incomplete. So rather than him being all shark, he's part shark. He uh, finally manages to get to get her mindy free with like a rock that Harry gives him. And he um, swims off with her. The time is ticking. and What's going through Harry's head?
4: Uh, well, he doesn't want to leave... The girl down there. If uh, Fleur's not going to make it, so he's trying yeah. to get ri- trying to get her free as well. The Mer Mer people are having none of it.
1: Like, what were your thoughts here about like what how he was doing? Were you thinking like, mate, just get run and go? Or
4: no, I was all for it. Yeah, clear them out because yeah, at that point it's made clear that otherwise they would die. So yeah,
1: how is that made clear? Would you say?
4: Well, because it was the hour limit, wasn't it, right? So he thinks that all the hostages will die at the hour, so so I was oh, yeah, I was for it, basically up until the point that he couldn't be there any longer,
1: yeah, okay, lovely, so basically, Harry kind of goes through this internal conflict of what he, he he's going to do, and as the time ticks, he decides that he's going to take on these murder people, and he kind of realizes that they're actually quite scared of magic mm. So he uses his wand to scare them away, um, freeze, um Ron and Fleur's sister and drags them up to the surface of the lake, at which point the gillyweed is starting to wear off and he's starting to need uh, oxygen. Um, he emerges and what's the scene that meets him?
4: They'll go wild as standard. Um, yeah,
1: they're going nuts.
4: They're all getting looked after by the, the matron and yeah he's kind of explaining what went on really
1: yeah lovely so um 20 more people accompany them like a guard of honor um towards the bank madame pomfrey's there with hermione crumb cedric and cho who are wrapped in blankets being given pepper up potion Dumbledore and bagman are buzzing to see harry um percy's white as a sheet he's really worried and we kind of see a really nice human side of Percy what's Fleur's response
4: oh she's 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 super worried and like she's kicking herself for not doing it and yeah she's very grateful for Harry's help and Ron's help gives him a kiss gives him a double kiss
1: yeah there's a cheeky little kiss that goes down
4: warms him up no end it does
1: Krem, um, Hermione's very focused on Harry because obviously she hasn't seen Harry since the night before. And Krem isn't happy about this and tries to get her focus back onto him. How does he do that? Do you remember?
4: It's awkward, it's awkward, it's really awkward. It's awkward. Um, yeah. he's basically asking her to come to Bulgaria. We later find out,
1: we later find out. But do you remember like he tries to get her attention back by do you remember what he says?
4: No, I don't think so.
1: He tells her that she's got a beetle in her hair. Oh yeah, yeah. And, she just um, she just roots it
3: out her ear her or whatever. Yeah. yeah do bothered. you think
1: he like made up the beetle or do you think he put the beetle there? Do you think he bought his own?
4: <laughs> um. Yeah. He was clearly he's clearly a bit. Yeah. He's a bit miffed here, isn't he? Yeah. Um,
1: Hermione explains to Harry that he was well outside the time of an hour. Dumbledore is chatting to the mer people. Becomes quite clear that um. Dumbledore can speak. Murmish, i believe it's called and he asked to have a conference with the judges uh, before the scores are announced mm. after this conference uh, ludo bagman announces that fleur delacour performed the bubblehead charm correctly but was attacked by Grindelows and for that reason has received 25 points out of 50 Cedric Diggory also performed the Bubblehead Charm. He retrieved his hostage and arrived back one minute outside of the time limit. He's received 47 points. Crem performed an incomplete form of human transfiguration and was again, a bit further outside of the time limit, receives 40 points. Harry Potter used Gillyweed and the fact that he was so late back was because he tried to save all of the champions. Um, Most of the judges think that this shows um, great strength and merit, but one of the judges disagrees and it's insinuated that this is who? It's
4: Carcroft. Ov's.
1: Ov's. And for that reason, Harry Potter is not given full marks. He's given 45 points. Great. Everybody's happy. Absolute party. Harry's buzzing. Um, He probably needs a coffee. And it's finally announced that the final task will take place in June and the champions will be informed closer to the time as to what they'll be facing. Finally, Harry vows the next time they're in Hogsmeade, what is he going to do?
4: He's going to buy Dobby some socks. Yeah, thank him for the fact that he's basically saved his life.
1: Absolutely. He's going to put his hands in his pockets and repay we'll mm. Dobby with some banterous socks. And that is the second task. It,
4: it pissed me off a bit that he has, uh, at the start of the chapter, he's kicking himself because he's, you know, saying, oh, I should have started on the egg earlier and I would have had more time and that kind of stuff. And then this comes around and he's like, oh, thank God, I don't have to worry about it until June. It's like, mate, fucking learn your lesson. Literally the same thing's Exactly.
1: Happened. I say exactly. so It's Sometimes Rob, it's like you've never and been he's a fourteen. Kid. It's like, you're not human. I do that now.
4: <laughs> but it's, it's the, he specifically says as well, they'll get told a month before. He's like, oh, I'll be around the night. Don't worry about it. Dobby will probably dig me out.
1: Now you know what these tasks are like. Do you have any thoughts as to what the final task could be?
4: Oh, I mean, it could be anything. It could be absolutely hmm. anything. I've no idea. Transfiguring. Making himself into a frog.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So let's move on. Chapter 27 with the walkthrough here. Padfoot returns. So in the aftermath of the second task, Ron has become a bit of a hero. What's he sort of telling everyone around the
4: school? Yeah, he's 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 sort of um yeah, embellishing the events that happened a little bit. So he's yeah, each time he tells it, it's getting different. Painting himself as more and more of a hero, basically.
0: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And um, Harry obviously has relaxed, as you alluded to. Mm. He's got months to spare before he's got anything else to worry about. What does Harry receive in the
4: post? Yeah, he gets a letter from Sir- another letter from Sirius. Yeah, and do you remember what it sort of says? It's very short. It's just telling him where to meet in Hogsmeade so yeah that trip's coming up so yeah secret meeting place that's right you might as well have sent him like coordinates yeah there's no chat whatsoever limited information
0: then we're in potions class a couple of days after that and the Slytherins are giggling over something as they are wont to do yeah miss miss Pansy Parkinson whips out a copy of Witch weekly
4: magazine mm. there's an article in there Rob give me the gist of the article what does it say Yeah, it's a tabloid piece about basically that Hermione and Harry, or like Hermione's broken Harry's heart by going off Victor Crumb. This sort of tangled web love story. And who's written it? Skeeter. Skeeter's behind it. Classic
0: Skeeter. Exactly. Yeah, basically the gist is that Hermione is sort of toying with Harry and Crumb. Hmm. Sort of, sort of got them both on strings, and she's obviously, you know, she's doing it because they're famous. And yeah, what does Rita sort of imply about Hermione? You know, the way she looks
4: and that kind of thing. I don't know. What was what, 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 what detail? It's kind of
0: heavily implied in the article that like she's using maybe some kind of magic. Oh yeah, to because achieve she's this not
2: attractive enough. Yes.
0: She's playing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think plain is actually a word that's used. Yeah. Then obviously she must be hoodwinking these boys into being interested in her. So basically it's horrible. Yeah. But what's Hermione's response
4: to it? She just kind of laughed it off really and was like, you know, it's rubbish. That's the best she can do. She does
0: laugh it off, but what is she a bit confused about?
4: So some of the details in there, she has... Only like it's a conversation between her and Crumb, so mm. she doesn't know how she knows about it. And that this sort of, sort of theory that she might have an invisibility cloak, yeah, yep. was hiding somewhere near or something. Perfect.
0: Yeah, she wonders how Rita could have gotten some of the details that were mentioned in the article, such as Crumb's invitation to visit him in Bulgaria during the summer. And Ron is somewhat obsessed obviously with like Hermione's response Mm. to that invitation, uh, we don't learn exactly what she said to Crum before who intervenes to split them up.
4: Oh, Snape. It's Snape. It's Snape. Very pleased with that.
0: He separates them. He docks points from Gryffindor. He clearly isn't over what's taken place a couple of nights previously, and we we know this because he moves Harry to the front of the class. And what does he sort of say to Harry just briefly?
4: So he basically says, like, I know it was you sniffing around my office. Um, if you do it again, then, you know, you're done for basically.
0: Perfect. Perfect answer.
4: Perfect answer. Thanks. And Harry's got the
0: sense that Snape has done this to him before. He's kind of jibing at him, making sort of personal attacks quite quietly. And yet, it's that specific uh, accusation that Harry was the one who'd been sneaking into his office that makes Harry respond. And why does Snape say that he knows it's Harry? What, what quote unquote proof does Snape think he has? Do you remember?
4: Oh, he says that like, yeah, that basically like two of the things that he's used, he knows he only got them in his office. So there's like some weed or something and then the gill, the gillyweed yeah. weed stuff.
0: Exactly, yeah. Snake, snake mentions boom slang skin, which has been nicked. Why have you laughed at
4: that? It's just you saying it with such a straight face.
0: Well, Boomslang skin, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a serious ingredient, Rob. Yeah, yeah. I've given Saturday night, I'm taking this seriously. Slang <laughs> <Boom laughs> skin and um, gillyweed, obviously, that Harry's just used mm. for his task. Mm. A- any thoughts on? This information?
4: Well, I mean, they they have both been taken, but neither by Harry. So he's kind of toeing this line of being sort of semi truthful by sort of saying he doesn't know what it is because it actually wasn't him.
0: Exactly. Like he knows, for example, that Dobby's taken the gillyweed. Yeah. Harry knows that, but he's sort of also kind of playing dumb because he doesn't want Snape to
4: cotton on to anything more. I was steeled by this. I would have been like. In in Harry's shoes, I would have been like, just said absolutely nothing and just been... I would have been the best at potions possible. Done everything right. Don't put a foot wrong. Prove him wrong. Fuck him off.
0: Were you that sort of level-headed when you were 14 as well?
4: No, but I think it's more like a sort of petulance, like a sort of reaction, like, I'm going to show him. You know, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. From Harry's new seat at the front of the room... He overhears some dialogue between Snape and Igor Karkaroff, who sort of blunders into the classroom in something of a panic.
4: What's Karkaroff saying? Trying to, trying to. He wants to speak to Snape, basically. He wants to get some time alone with him. That's right. Um, Snape's like, piss off, end of the lesson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and basically, Karkaroff just ends up sort of hanging around awkwardly at the back waiting for the for lesson to finish so that he can't <laughs> slink off.
0: Yeah, exactly. Karkaroff's not not willing to let Snape go. But I just want to go back to something that... Sorry, my fault. This happens just before Karkaroff comes in. Snape makes a very thinly, very thinly veiled threat to Harry, and he threatens to use a potion on him. He pulls it out of his robes. Do you remember what that is?
4: Oh, yeah. So it's it's the truth, truth serum or something that, like... He says a couple of drops might slip in your pumpkin juice. Yeah. And then you'll tell me everything. Like it's, it's sort of restricted usage, but might happen by accident.
0: Yeah. So we've learned about this truth potion that the ministry supposedly mm. have very tight controls on, um, you know, for, for obvious reasons. But Snape's got a little vial of it mm. it's called Veritaserum. Mm. How's your Latin?
4: Truth. Serum.
0: Good little name, isn't it? Yeah. Rolls off the tongue very nicely. Then Carcroft comes in. He's sort of awkwardly hanging around at the end of the class. Harry obviously is intrigued because, from the conversations he's he's had with Sirius, he's been told to be wary of of Karkaroff And, you know, there's been all this intrigue with Moody mentioning Carcroft's history and, and everything like that. At the end of the lesson, Harry deliberately spills some of his armadillo bile. Uh, I don't want to know how that's been collected.
4: You can imagine why I thought of that, mate. Well, the armadillo bile? Yeah. What did you think of that? Absolute disgrace. It's just more animal abuse, isn't it? What is this teaching, young kids? It is. You know the bile farms in China for the black I know, bears?
0: I know, man. And, I, and, and I'm and like a broken record for the listeners because I bring it up every fucking week. Oh, okay. But there's more non-magical animal abuse in, in this chapter. I, I mean, why are they crushing scarab beetles? Rob? Yeah?
2: Like, like, have you checked all, all the stuff that you use in your kitchen and your bathroom? It doesn't contain bare
4: bile, for sure. And what I don't like is that the armadillo was my favourite animal as a, as, a, as a child. I don't want it being milked. For bile? For bile. Yeah, I I didn't like the idea of armadillo bile, but also,
0: I mean, if they're magical, they could probably extract it magically. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. So at the end of the lesson, Harry deliberately spills some of his bile on the floor so that he can sort of squat down behind his cauldron, feigning to clear it up. But really, he's listening in. And what's Karkaroff saying? We get some specifics here. What's he saying?
4: There was... uh... Oh, it shows him something on his arm. And he's saying it's like he's getting stronger. It's never been this strong since, you know, and then dot, dot, dot.
0: What's so urgent? Harry heard Snape hiss at Karkaroff. This said Karkaroff. And Harry, peering around the edge of his cauldron, saw Karkaroff pull up the left-hand sleeve of his robe and show Snape something on his inner forearm. So he's got something on his forearm that supposedly is getting stronger and he's come to show Snape about it. What... Any theories? What's going on? Let's let's
4: prize this up. I reckon it's it's a tat, it's a tat, and it's like Voldemort's face or something. A tat of Voldemort's (laughs) face, yeah. And it's glowing, (laughs) glowing bright, yeah. Why would it be glowing bright, do you think? Because he's around and he's knocking about. We know this by now. Who? Voldemort. He's up to something. Fair enough. Put it away.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Small snake. snake. Quite a jump.
0: <laughs> His black eyes sweeping across the classroom. Mm. Put it away for the kids see. <laughs> Snape sort of shoes Harry away. And so we jump to Hogsmeade. They potter about in the shops and then they go to the coordinates, as it were, that Sirius has given them. And who do they meet there, Rob? Hello, mate. <laughs> ah, big old Shaggy Pooch. Yeah, big pooch.
4: Front paws, yes. front paws up on the stile. It is serious, as in, in pooch form, um, and he leads them up to his lair.
0: I must say, the passage where he um, leads them up the mountain, I really thoroughly enjoyed that passage, where it's talking about how the dog's, like, trotting off up front. Yeah. You know how they do, especially if it's, like, a regular walk that they've been Yeah, on. they know where they're going. Yeah, they know where they're going. They sort of lead the way, and then they stop. <laughs> <sighs> yeah back. the humans are struggling <laughs> up yeah the humans, the humans are struggling behind the dogs you know leading the way and eventually he leads them into a little um a little sort of fissure as it's described a little crevice in the rocks up the mountain and they get inside a little cave a little cozy
4: cave who or what is in the cave Buckbeaks in there how did he get in there sorry how did he get in there Magic. Flew. Magic. Yeah, magic. That's a good yeah, answer. He's got wings. No, I know, but there's like a, I thought it was a little crevice. And then suddenly he's in no, there. He does. Sirius has got a wand. Massive horse.
0: Which, by the way, we should talk about. Um, Yeah, so, yeah. yeah we should talk about that. Um,
2: not today. <laughs> he's got loads of
0: papers
4: in his mouth as well.
0: Yeah, he's got, yeah, Sirius has been picking up the papers, hasn't he? He's been sort of nabbing them off the doorsteps.
4: What I want to know about the papers is, like, given we know Rita Skeeter's just writing any old bollocks, why are we still...
1: Because he's reading between the lines.
4: Why are we still putting any credence in this paper? Well, Rita, it's
0: not like, you know, it's not like Rita Skeeter's She's not the only journalist.
4: Sort of undermines it, though. It does, to be fair.
0: beats in there magically. Sirius transforms into his human self. How's he looking? Bit shaggy, mate. Not his best bit skanky his hair was longer than it had been when he appeared in the fire and it was untidy and matted he looked very thin but what have they
4: bought him rob they bought him a whole bunch of food and i love i love the sort of description of him just tucking into this in amongst the sort of dialogue yeah it's nice um and he's just doing that thing that you do when you're hungry where you're just rattling through food at pace yeah like way more than you would do in any ordinary meal If you took it at a normal speed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's absolutely loving it. Now, the rest of the chapter, Padfoot Returns, is taken up with a a very long conversation. And there are many themes, I suppose, or points that are made repeatedly during the conversation. I don't want to go through them each bit by bit because it'll be boring to listen to and it'll take forever. I want to know, what was your takeaway? What was the gist... Of this conversation that that stuck with you,
4: uh, it's it's all just sort of stuff that it's like a it's like a bringing the reader up to speed with stuff we already know and analyzing it basically. Okay. With his with his view as well, we've basically got Bagman. Is probably he's been fingered a bit more than than has been to this point. Mm-hmm. He's a bit suspicious, bit more suspicious.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Crouch is a sort of dictator sort of figure who has almost risen to power in a sort of anti-terrorism legislation kind of vibe where it's gone like way too far the other way he's been using the sort of torture and he's done over his own son sent him to prison that was bleak died
0: let's unpack that bit because I think I think that's, that's, new, the, that's the main bulk, and that's some really new information that we've got. So, mm. give me a rundown of Crouch's son. What what happened to to Crouch's son, and what
4: role did Crouch play in in that? He was fell in with a group of Death Eaters and was sort of pinned as one himself. Mm-hmm. And Crouch sent him to prison, but he like did get him a trial. Mm-hmm. But his son died in prison because he kind of got demented. Yep. And then his wife died as well because of grief. And then he sacked his elf.
0: Yeah. So Sirius draws a bit of a parallel, doesn't he, between the way that Crouch ruthlessly sort of dismissed of the elf mm. and the way that Crouch sort of ruthlessly dealt with his son. mm And he suggests that Crouch's perceived interest in becoming Minister for Magic was a part of Crouch's hardline approach Hmm. when he was... um, I believe it mentions that previously he was the head of Magical Law Enforcement. Is that right? Yeah,
4: yeah, Yeah, head of the secret police.
0: What does Sirius say about his own dealings with Crouch? What did Crouch do to Sirius? He, he, He put him in Azkaban as well. With or without a trial? Without a trial. Banged him up without a trial. Banged him up without... Horrendous. Without so much as a trial. So yeah, you're you're right. There's definitely some prosecutorial overreach Mm. going on. No trials, presumption of guilt rather than presumption of innocence, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, we get this very bleak Crouch family history regarding his son and his wife. Not a happy home life. No, not nice. Serious recounts how he watched as uh, the son was was buried. Presumably by some dementors. I can't imagine them holding spades, but, <laughs> but apparently... <Keep> uh, clammy. <laughs> too clam- clammy. hands keep on keep a spade. <laughs> <in the> spade. <laughs> keep dropping the spade. Keep dropping the spade. hands are too clammy. <laughs> yes, it's very bleak and, yeah... Sirius recounts how, yeah, the son, he, he basically heard the son shriek himself to death and 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 die and is buried in As, outside Azkaban. Ron, Harry and Hermione are, are kind of taking this all in. And you're right, they're playing a little bit of the, the role of the reader. If we're looking at it from a literary rather than a narrative perspective. You're right, Bagman is kind of pulled apart a little bit more here, isn't he? Yeah. Um, do you remember anything that was in particular that was said or, or mentioned?
4: Yeah, it's potentially because he was in the um the, the royal box when the wand went missing. So it could have been potentially him. Yeah. He was in the woods yep. when the winky was there. So he could have been involved. He's yep. in all the right places. Absolutely. There's a fair bit
0: of attention drawn to Harry's wand, you know, Sirius is asking, did you check where your wand was when you were in the box? Who was there? Mentioned that the Malfoys were there.
4: Um, and he's also try- suspiciously trying to help him yes. in, the, in the tournament.
0: Yes, absolutely. Bag. It's also pointed out that Bagman is trying to help Harry quite sig- significantly during, during the tournament, even though he shouldn't. There's also a bit of a chat about Snape, isn't there? Remember him sort of mentioning Snape? Sirius is sort of reeling off Death Eaters.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry.
0: The Strangers, Rosier, Wilkes, um, mentioning people who've been in and out of Azkaban. And he, they do talk about Snape. Do you remember what Sirius sort of says about Snape?
4: Yeah. So he, he was in a, in amongst a big group of Death Eaters, but he was never like, he was never one himself. Mm. He was never like found to be one himself. Mm that's all a bit suspicious as to why he's let him be a teacher at the school now, but everyone's like, well, you know, trust in Dumbledore, hashtag trust in Dumbledore.
3: Hashtag trust
4: in Dumbledore. And yeah, we've heard a lot about second chances, haven't we, with Dumbledore uh, Mm.
0: in the last, in the last couple of chapters. So seems to be sort of suggesting that Snape had at least some kind of interest in or relation to, the Death Eaters, Once Upon a Time. And there's also, just, just to go back to Crouch quickly, we've covered the stuff with his son that's all in the past, but in terms of the present, there's just a lot of confusion amongst the group as to what is going on with Crouch right now. He's ill, but then he's in the castle, Yeah, wondering if he's coming into the castle to go after Snape. What does Sirius suggest that Ron do to maybe get a bit more info on this? Do you remember...
4: Yeah, just ask Percy if you've seen him, seen him recently, which doesn't feel like he's going to be that productive because Percy's already said that he's just, you know, overworked. Yeah, Ill.
0: Percy's sort of towing the line, it seems like, doesn't it? And Ron suggests that Percy might not be as kind of trustworthy necessarily. His priorities may not be exactly in uh, the place of finding the truth rather than sort of climbing his own career ladder. Yep. What nickname has Sirius told them to refer to him
4: as um, if they're talking about him in public? It's uh, Snuffles. Mr Snuffles.
3: (laughs) Snuffles.
4: What I like is that when he says goodbye, he lets them (laughs) pat him on the head. (laughs) They all all give him a little pat on the head. And at this point, I would have gone for a full ruffle and sort of rolled him over and gone on his belly and stuff. (laughs) Just to see sort of what... You know, I don't know what the reaction is. <laughs> no, that's the thing
0: with an animagus; they they become the animal. You, you're not.
4: No, but we've spoken
2: about this before. I think it it depends how long you, how much time you spend as like, an animagus. You are still yes. you. Yeah. Do
4: you, want to, do you want to dig deep deeper on that, Rob? Well, he's, but he's led him up as the dog, so he must be himself.
2: You know, he is he is absolutely yeah. himself, Rob. Like he is serious. He has all the knowledge. Of Sirius and the personality of Sirius, but he also
4: does he lick his own balls.
0: <laughs> He's more yeah. animalistic than, let's say, McGonagall is when she's a cat. Yeah, right.
2: Which I think is because he spends more time as a dog.
0: Because we know that he spent masses of his time in Azkaban as a dog, don't we? Because that was how he avoided he avoided the attentions of the de- of the Dementors. Uh, okay. Fair enough. They just think that he's like, you know, zoned out like like most of the inmates, but it's because they were sort of sensing uh, sort of reduced intellect. (laughs) But yeah, our theory is that because Sirius has spent so much of his time as a dog is that he's become more like the animal when he transforms, whereas McGonagall acts like a person with a cat uh,
4: suit. Right, okay.
0: A cat Going back to the first book, a cat wouldn't normally sit on the same wall all day or, mm. or read a map. But Minerva McGonagall would on such an important day as that. I think, I think that covers... Unless there's anything, Phil or Millers, that you want to bring up, because th- like I say, I didn't want to go through this with a fine-tooth comb because it's just a lot of back and forth. But I think that covers the majority of what we need to.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. so.
0: And that, Rob... It's the Ooh. end of the chapter, and I've
2: just—it's going so good.
0: Right, I've just yeah, Miller's sound there, and Zoom by the way, the AI on Zoom has popped up a little question saying, "Are you playing music?" Because of Miller's little sound,
3: really little exciting? intro.
0: But Miller's sound was because she's just read the name of the next chapter, but we're not going to go there yet.
4: What are your ratings? What are your ratings? What are your ratings? What are your ratings? It's ratings
1: time.
0: May we please have a rating for Chapter Twenty Six, the second
4: task? You, you absolutely may. I'm coming in with an O.
0: O for the second oh, task. Oh, nice. I enjoyed. Wow.
4: I enjoyed the water world element. The sort of the grabbing grindelows, the heroism, the sort of chilliness, and then the warmness, the towels. Um, <laughs> it's an outstanding, fair yeah, enough. I
1: like the towels
2: so as cute. well. I, I know, I wouldn't give an outstanding. Millers, will you just shut up? Just
0: outstanding,
4: just say. Oh, hang on. do you want me to bring it down?
0: No, 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 no I'm just that's saying. our third O of the book. And by the way, every task so far has got an O. Can we have a rating, please, for chapter
4: 27? I've given this one an A, A. Okay, yeah. I if I was worried, it would be a P. You're right to be worried for the P because oh. so much of it was recap that it it was going to be a P. But then the uh, amount of dog airtime and the patting really br- brought it back up to an A. There was
2: quite a lot of new information about in there as well.
4: Yeah, it was just more that it was all them sort of, it was him pacing about the cave and sort of recapping stuff. There's the
0: Rita Skeeter article. There was the Voldemort's face tattoo. I think that was enough there for an A. There was enough there for an A.
4: Yeah, and Buckbeak on the bones as well. That was nice. And also the mystery
0: of how Buckbeak got in the cave. But we'll cover that in (laughs) deep dive. I imagine we have absolutely no Muggle Mail because we literally recorded like four days ago. So we don't have anything, do we?
1: Well, we got the jingle though.
0: I will still play the jingle. <laughs> play the jingle and then nothing. Oh, Rob, why
1: are you so silly? You dress like a muggle and you look like a Weasley. Oh, Rob, what do you think? You stupid
0: muggle to drive our listeners to the brain. Damn muggle. Okay, so that was that. Um
1: <laughs> I mean, we can let him go then. I mean, Rob, have you got any like thoughts, <laughs> like? I obviously always ask, like, what you thought the third task would be. Like, we've had that conversation. Mm. Like, well, was... I mean,
4: that's an impossible question because it could be anything, it could be anything magical.
1: Well, yeah, it like could, the possibilities but... are endless. It doesn't make an impossible question,
4: though. I'd like it to be more scrap heap challenge, like, like my version of the second one
2: robot wars. Yeah. Why do you think?
4: Barty Crouch was at Hogwarts. Yes. Barty Crouch. He was there for the Wizard Tournament, wasn't he? He's part of the Wizard Tournament. No,
2: what? No, but he wasn't there for the judging. Why do you think he was at Hogwarts when when Harry saw him on
1: the map?
4: Oh, I see. Um, he didn't make the Yule Ball, but he
0: made he, he snuck in at night. What's going on? But
1: Bagman, yeah, but Bagman told Harry... That Percy Crouch hasn't been coming to work, and he's been he's been sending in out. Oh, he was sending in owls, but he's not anymore. And he said those yeah. goblins were looking for Mr. Crouch.
4: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's on the maybe he's on the run or something. And he is obsessed with rooting out the Death Eaters. So maybe he's just gone crazy on that.
2: Who, why is he in Hogwarts? Who's he looking at in Hogwarts?
4: I reckon... It, well, because well, we don't know who's... Maybe Karkaroff's a, Karkaroff's a wrong one, isn't he? So maybe he's just sort of manically looking around for anyone who might be half dodgy, basically. And he was doing a search.
2: But how could he... Do you think he's
4: ill? Yeah, I reckon he's ill. Yeah, he looked really great, didn't he? Very peaky. Last time we saw him in the room...
2: How is he coming up to Hogwarts if he's ill?
4: He's not that ill, he's just sort of a bit grey, but he can still get about.
2: So basically, he's bunking
0: off work. Yeah, you know, now that Harry and Cedric are tied in the lead for the Triwizard tournament based on the, mm. points from the first two tasks. You got Crumb tucked in just behind, and then mm. obviously, Fleur's got like basically half points the last mm. task so she's she's well
2: i thought she was lucky to get half
0: points. she's she's well well no she did a good spell and she got, yeah but she, but got she didn't
2: she didn't there was
0: look we'll save that for deep dive um who do you is gonna win there's one task left who's gonna win i here? think
4: Har- i think harry potter's gonna win you think
0: harry potter's gonna win the Triwizard tournament
4: yeah yeah fair enough fair enough that would be my solid bet any more muggle mail <laughs>
1: well we're making it up anyway so
4: no <laughs> anything else we want to make
1: up nah
2: So maybe for next time you should do that thing where you send in some uh,
1: muggle mail yeah. Uh, yeah yeah okay Robert
4: George Powell
1: is that your middle name George
4: it absolutely is yeah
1: that's funny that is why is that funny just such a like like I would have gone for George <laughs> I wish we could have played like guess Rumsmith or Name.
0: like he looks like a, looks like a Weasley. <laughs> he looks like
1: such a Weasley, yeah. looks like a Weasley.
0: Next week, you're going to read two, two more chapters, I think. Yeah. Yeah, two more chapters. Chapter 28. Millis?
2: The Madness of Mr Crouch. Egon Cray. You said Egon Cray.
0: Egon Cray. Mm. And chapter 29. The Dream.
4: The dream. Oh, Harry's having a dream.
2: I can't wait for chapter 30. What do you
4: think is going on in the dream, Rob? Maybe he goes back to the dream he was having before about Voldemort killing him. Oh, yeah. Or mm, yeah. he just has a massive dream about Cho. Could be that, couldn't
3: it?
2: <laughs> yeah, what's your favourite
1: chapter in this book? The pensive.
2: I'm really excited about chapter thirty. I'm really. My my favourite chapter is chapter
0: thirty-five.
1: Too
4: high a number for me. How many are there?
1: Do not want to say
4: what it is. Is it too?
0: I'm not going to say what it is, but but the name of this chapter has been said tonight.
2: That's why I don't want to say what it is because he will. He might understand.
1: Mm. Oh, I know exactly what it is.
0: All right, Rob. Enjoy those chapters, and
4: um, we'll see you next time. Enjoy, nerds. Bye bye. I love you. Bye. Bye. bye bye. Bye 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 He's gone. Thoughts.
1: Um. Well, he's pissed me off. If I'm honest,
0: He's pissed you off.
1: Just because, like, mean, oh, well, he's not bad. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. But um, I just, it just annoys me that he still doesn't get the relevance of like certain chapters. Like, of course, he doesn't. He's not supposed to. I did though, Millers. Come on, and you did. We all did. I, I, did. I think
0: it's... no. I think he gets it. Like he did say, you know, it's just kind of like summarizing what we know, but with a bit more, with a different perspective. You know, with mm. this of serious. and he did seem to. I thought I was take on board all the new information about Crouch. He mentioned it was yeah. a bit grim. Yeah, I
2: think I... I
0: think that conversation we had with him about Padfoot Returns was pretty productive in terms of his understanding.
2: Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I think that he. Like he's saying a bit more than he was a couple of weeks ago, where he just said, "Oh, I'm not supposed to understand it." Yes. He he got basically he's, you know, he's made a good like guess that Crouch is going crazy.
0: Yeah.
2: That he's mm, like,
0: yeah. You know, he but he
2: thinks that he's coming up here obsessed with like catching a Death Eater. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he he gets the fact he's like, oh, he was looking great. He does think he's there's something not right with him. Yeah. So he's picking up the clues he's supposed to. Just doesn't
0: always like seem that interested in them. Yeah. He was never going to give Padfoot returns a good, a good rating ever.
1: No, he likes the action ones, doesn't he?
0: Yeah. I mean, another outstanding. You can't argue with another outstanding.
1: I I like to think that you know when he was like, Oh, I've got the names running around my head. Oh,
0: yeah.
3: I
1: like to think that actually what he meant to say by that, but was maybe a bit too proud to say was this story is on my mind
0: he's got the mystery yeah right I think
1: head. that's what he means yeah. like you
2: know when you're reading a book I always get it when I'm reading a book and you like you catch yourself thinking about the characters like what yeah. are they gonna do, and then I always get it when I've just finished a book I'll catch myself still thinking about those characters yeah like what's going to happen what are they going to do and I'll have to like remind myself that it's over like I'm not going to be able to read And
1: that's what's so hard about finishing a book is yeah and that's why I can never read the battle the Ho- the Battle for Hogwarts because
0: Yes, there are six sequels. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and that's that. But that's why like I struggle so much with those chapters and I always stop when I do a reread because I just can't say I can't cope.
0: You can't cope with it being the it's end. The
1: goodbyes. I can't cope with what happens in them.
0: Yeah, stressful.
1: Which is crazy because logically I'm like, well, even all the others that are still there, I've only got one more chapter with them. Yeah, you know but even so i can't i can't cope
0: guys i think we should as we move into the deep dive um uh we got a new covid variant omicron omicron
2: why are you talking about COVID? because this
0: podcast in the future will be like a time capsule oh yeah this could be studied in history No,
2: we don't talk about anything like We've
0: mentioned covid culturally relevant no but this is the time omicron's out <laughs> Um, get it while it's hot It's all the rage Oh
1: When
0: well, it's going round It's going to, is it? You're
1: being so drunk And it's annoying It's not going to evade the vaccine completely, is it? No.
0: Do, do you think I'm being so drunk? Or is she just like, you know
1: you are, I'll be honest, you are being drunk
0: Yeah How?
1: In that annoying way. That, in that way In that way yeah.
0: What about Omicron?
1: You're more camp when, you're, when you've are when you had a few drinks <laughs>
3: What the fuck does that
1: mean? <laughs> I think you're
2: more annoying. Right, remember, it's been a long time since I've been able to, like,
3: have a
1: drink. King, by the time this this podcast is edited and up, we'll be on a different variant.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll be on Omicron 2.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, God. Yeah, but I don't, it, I don't think it's going to be, like, it, I haven't read anything about it. I saw a headline earlier. But I don't think it's going to be that big a deal because... um because of the vaccine
0: right let's do this
2: so today was the first time that I realized now this makes me look very stupid that Snape's not talking about the time they stole Boobasam's skin in a second year
0: no
2: I had never realized that
0: before he's talking about Barty Crouch Jr I like, had
2: never realised that before I was literally just the same as Harry no, well yeah. you
0: were
1: that's the
0: narrative that you're following. Yeah,
1: Rowling's
2: done that. you. I, I know, but you know, it's the first time. But I, but I should have probably picked up a bit before now.
1: Potentially,
2: yeah. And um, the other thing I wanted to say is that I really like the Mer people. Yeah. I'll get to that. I'm gonna get and to. Can we? Yeah, but I
0: want to. I will... No, oh, the... I've got oh, something I'm I want to say too. No, <laughs> um, the deep dive's No,
1: not... we're gonna get to that. No, I'm talking about it now.
0: But we're gonna get to it. Oh,
2: forget about it. What do you mean? I want to talk about it now. I'll go then talk about it now. I really like them because I like that they're not like the mermaids that we know.
1: Yeah. They're not like the ones in the
2: painting. Kind of aggressive. Yeah, but that's what I find interesting is that that, that is like the one, the picture they have in the bathroom is like a it's muggle. Like a but why would they paint a the muggle mermaid when they know what merpeople are like?
0: Yeah, a muggle-born wizard could have painted it.
1: It's like they were looking for something attractive when they were yeah,
0: putting that you know. Yeah, you know. but it
1: doesn't have
2: to be a mermaid.
0: It doesn't have to be a mermaid. What could it be? You don't find a mermaid attractive? A woman with a fish tail.
1: And shells on her boobs.
0: I don't like fish.
2: <laughs>
1: Don't mm, like I don't like fish either. They
0: bite your toes. Well, that's that's it. You've not got the you've not got the danger end. You've got the scaly end. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> international code of wizarding secrecy is mentioned in this chapter. What's going on there? The international code of wizarding secrecy. That's capitalized. I thought it was called the international statute of secrecy. What's no, no. There? The
2: statute of secrecy is not international, is it?
0: The statute of secrecy is not international.
2: That's UK law, I think.
0: That's just UK law. I think so. You did do law at uni, so you should know.
2: Well, we didn't study <laughs> We're the law. Did not. <laughs> I did. I didn't take that module. Take no. that module well, that's you.
1: annoying. Um, I so I wonder the international one is maybe more to do with.
2: No, I reckon it's the same things, but it's like how there were like just different ways of enforcing it it's like how we will have like our human rights acts but there is also like the un convention on human rights yeah that's like right. it's just different like and obviously the stuff that's in your your like jurisdiction ju- that like that law is much
0: more enforceable yeah whereas the other one is more kind of a Principle.
2: Yeah. And sometimes it's it, it, sometimes like with like the like like the EU um stuff, it'll it might be like the point of this is that you have to implement it yourself.
1: Yeah, like, that's
2: why we've got the Human Rights Act because the EU were like, you have this amount of time to implement this. Got you yeah. something like the UN, it, it's just like, oh, you all sign
1: up for this but yeah.
0: actually it's not actually legally enforceable, enforceable. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. not
1: policing it yeah that's what you mean yeah bang on
0: so have you ever been so nervous that you can't eat yeah in this um, when, when was that phil
1: i get really nervous well today i was nervous and like anything to do with like yeah when i'm when i'm in shock as well like when i have a big shock, i can't eat it does happen like exams I can get really nervous for, big performances. Mm.
2: See, I react to all emotions with, um. I'm like the opposite. I react to all emotions. Mm. So if I'm like scared, if I'm sad, I'll eat. If I'm happy, I'll eat. If I'm like nervous, I'll eat. If I'm scared,
0: I'll eat. If I'm scared, if I'm I'll, I'll worried, eat. I don't know I'll what that eat. means. I don't know what that means.
2: Just like. Scared.
0: When do you ever get scared?
2: Well, I'm more like nervous.
0: Nervous. Yeah, fair enough.
2: If I feel, like, tired, I'll eat. I'll eat
1: if I'm tired, yeah.
0: I'm never so nervous that I can't eat, but I get nervous enough that I can't enjoy the food.
1: Interesting. I still
0: eat at, like, the appropriate time.
1: Mm. I
0: can't enjoy the food.
1: Yeah. I
2: remember the day before our, our wedding, when we were, went over, like, to get, like, the marquee and everything ready, and the lady who owned the house was like, oh, like, she brought us bis- over some biscuits. And she said to me, like, you you need to eat one. Like, I know you won't have eaten. I was like, you don't know me. Like,
1: <laughs> Don't pretend to know me.
2: I've eaten, like, two breakfasts already this morning. I'm fine.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Really <laughs> give me them biscuits. Yeah, of <laughs> uh, when that happens to me, in a week, all I'll eat is, like, a Muller Light a day. That's all I can face. For some reason, when I'm really oh my God. anxious, all I can do is eat. Like, I force myself to eat a Muller Light.
2: For me, that's like the worst. If I don't feel like having food, a yogurt is the absolute worst. No,
1: not. Oh no, I mean, I mean, a mulla rice. <laughs> Sorry, I mean a mulla.
3: It's like a rice pudding. A rice. <laughs>
1: not a muller, Like yeah, God, no, not a muller <laughs> It's rice.
3: Like a rice pudding.
1: A muller rice, a strawberry. Just have a piece of, a of toast. No, look, I need to be really... No, she's prepared, too like,
0: nervous for a toast.
1: I need to be really clear. No, she's having Muller Rice. It's a, not a Muller-like. A Muller <laughs> Rice. Rice. <laughs> it's
0: Sony. <neat. laughs> a Muller
1: Rice.
0: Not a crunch corner. No. <laughs> that was the noughties, man. Miller Corners.
2: You still have them, though. What? No, is that late 90s man? No, nah, that, was
0: was nice. that was a noughties, mate, Miller Corners. No, it
1: was when I was at primary you school. You can't get
0: away with that now. That's literally like cereal... That you pour into your yoghurt. <laughs> well,
1: no, Muller Corner, was Muller Corner not more like white yoghurt, compote?
0: Yeah, and then like a little pouch. It would be something crunchy. A pouch of like sugar, basically.
1: Yeah, Muller Corner was, it was something what crunchy. What the one where it was white yoghurt and like...
2: Chocolate
0: yoghurt.
1: Sir- no, like... Sir- like like a strawberry jammy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so that that was a version, that's, of, that's Miller version of
0: Miller Corner. That's version of So
1: you could
2: have that one or you could have like... But the best r- Muller crunchy cereal. ones. Yeah, uh, But not really cereal. It was more like...
1: Because it wasn't for breakfast. It was our like little,
0: little crunchy
1: balls. It was like chocolate ball, crunchy
2: chocolate. Well, ball. like
1: Sky has one. It's not a Muller Corner. It's like a Cadbury one. Is it one. an Aldi version? No, it's a Cadbury one. And it's like... is it. You yeah know? chocolate thank you chocolate yogurt and you as chip in chocolate buns <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not what i would call chocolate yogurt it's like a chocolate mousse and you dip in chocolate buns chocolate yogurt and you tip chocolate buttons <laughs> oh
3: but you know what i
2: used to love That like, sounds nice my mum would buy these so she wouldn't buy th- normally buy things like this but she would buy these because she loved them um Rolo yogurts, mm. and they were like chocolate
0: yogurt they with were, the caramel. They were uh, amazing. Rolo so yogurts, so good. Aero's, Aero's. And whenever they were on well. offer,
1: she would buy them. Mint Aero um,
0: yogurts were good,
1: man. Oh I'm not a fan of mint and
2: chocolate.
0: Mint Aero mousse.
2: Love, oh no! See, for me, I don't, that's I don't like the moussiness.
0: No, I love love a moose.
1: I love a moose.
0: Give me a moose. More owl bollocks. Now, what I meant by that was that Sirius just sent some random ass brown owl. And they just sent it straight back. And it's kind of like, you know, what Jamie from Oz brought up the other week. Yeah,
2: basically it doesn't... It's it's annoying
0: me now that Jamie from Oz has pointed that out. It's annoying me. I
2: know what you mean. But you can't get annoyed every time it happens because it's going to keep happening.
0: Let's talk about the people they take down into the lake, if we can. Harry takes his wheezy. Yeah. Fleur takes her younger sister. I think that also makes sense. She's got, you know, some kind of like protective protective instinct going on there with their younger sister
2: it does make sense but they haven't followed the logic that they follow from everyone else
0: yeah crumb and cedric they determine that it's their you know loosely talking girlfriend that doesn't well, really make any sense to me
2: well i think well
0: know it's obviously just. narrative it's narratively driven
2: mm. i think yeah it is no. but but also if Cedric didn't just take Joe to the ball. We get the impression that, like, they're kind they of... They have dating, now. They're together. But do you know, do you know I what I mean, And I think Crumb, Crumb is not... It's easier for Harry, and maybe easier for Harry and Cedric, because they're at their school. So mm. all the people that they're closest to are there. Whereas Crumb, like... Well, a you get the impression he's a bit of a kind of a loner. You do, yeah. But also, maybe his friends are like not here. Maybe they're back. They're back at his. Yeah, but
0: Gabrielle's. In... Well, exactly.
2: That's that's why they go I and think... get her
0: from France. Like they could have got Amos Diggory for Cedric. So, why,
3: why? Well, is that's it why for me,
2: it's it's Gabrielle that makes it m- not quite work, rather than the boy. Oh, I see what
1: you mean. It's like it's, yeah, I, I see what you mean. It's almost like who they'll miss most in their life in Hogwarts, and it's Gabrielle. Yeah, I know, I see what you mean there, actually.
0: Whereas I I think that it works, that it's who they will miss the most full stop anywhere in the world. Yeah. Harry and Gabrielle makes sense. Yeah. And the other two are for the narrative, so that Harry's got, like, more of an incentive to be bothered about Cho, and also so that Hermione can't, like, come and wake Harry up. Because that was the thing that was like getting to me. I was like, how the hell is he just like, you know, get how has it got to 10 minutes before yeah. the the task and no one's no been one's like where is Harry Potter? And I was like, because the only two people that give a shit about him.
2: But also, where does are, he fall and, asleep? Are in the lake, in the
0: library. Back in the in library.
1: Library, And he's yeah. under his
0: invis- invisibility cloak for most of yeah. it. Yeah. Well. yeah. Percy's obviously come in as a judge. His character that we know. He's sort of deputising Mr. Crouch. Do you think this kind of Stretches the the believability a little bit that Percy would be chosen to be a judge.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, that's I can see
0: how he can debutize, he can deputise for Mister Crouch at the Ministry, but the Trials of tournament like there should be someone else. It shouldn't be a mm-hmm. a close family friend of one of the
3: contestants.
1: No, but just from the point of view of, like, seniority, you almost imagine they'd get a fudging or someone, you know, because, like, what's he doing? It's more interesting from our point of view that it's Percy. But, no, I think you're completely right. You
2: could probably still get Percy there without having him be in Crouch's place.
1: Yeah, I see what you mean.
2: Like yeah. it could be that he was coming with Crouch anyway because he was his personal assistant or whatever. Yeah. And then when Fudge came, he continued to come.
1: Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. That would even up well for how Percy ends up working for the minister later.
1: Yeah. Uh, if but, he
0: impresses him at the Tri Wizard.
1: Yeah.
2: You're right. It's like he's so junior. He's only just started yeah. working <laughs> He's like, he's probably still on probation. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Harry uses Lumos in the lake. Is that right?
1: Yeah, he does, yeah. Like, essentially, what seems to happen with the gillyweed weed is it doesn't seem to be like anything else that we've um, encountered in that him eating the guinea weed seems to affect his wand as well. That's what's quite interesting, isn't it? Because when he fires something... At the what are they call Grindelos, like oh it gosh, like yeah. hot water comes out. So it's mm. almost like even his wand has adapted to being in the water.
2: Yeah, I guess it's kind of like, like how do wands normally work underwater, or do they normally work underwater?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't use Lumos. He just. And this was, again, this is basically my kind of thought, was like, where's the light coming from this deep in the lake?
1: Yeah.
0: How can mm. he see? Head Do touch? you think... Well, that's basically what a Lumos would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would but he's be, obviously yeah. not wearing one.
3: No.
0: Maybe, you know, a bit of and maybe the gillyweed make, makes his eyes, like, extra sensitive to low-level light underwater. But like, you're
2: right, that would be a yeah. problem for all of the... Um, well, if he have a crumb... Yeah, because he's a shark head. Yeah, the um,
0: I mean, Fleur. We don't know how she gets on, really. Like, hang on,
1: Creme was a shark. Yeah, shark. a part shark. Shark head. Do you get
2: freshwater
1: sharks?
4: Uh, I don't know. Um,
1: there's a bear shark.
3: A what? Is
1: it? A... um, And that's in rivers. That's in rivers. Okay. Okay. Are there any sharks that live in fresh water? The bull shark.
2: Okay, maybe he was a bull shark. And the
1: bull shark can swim between salt and fresh water. That's interesting. Loves it. Absolutely loves it. can't get enough. I think with Harry, the, the lighting isn't a problem. Because like, yeah, I think his eyes would have adapted because it seems to just adapt to everything. But yeah. for the others, it's more questionable. But then I do wonder like would would there have been some sort of spell put on the lake to make it visual for them? Like it's a really interesting task because it's boring yeah like from a spectator point of view well apart from the first one the second and
2: third tasks yeah. are awful from spectators. it's like unless like they have somehow the spectators and the third task sitting so high up that they can see over which obviously they don't do because know they don't see stuff inside Like, they're both really boring and they get the whole school down there. I wonder if they're trying to shift merchandise or popcorn. That's what I would do. But also, maybe it's just not as deep as we're thinking.
3: You know, it's not the ocean.
2: It's a big lake. Maybe it's just not so deep that it gets that kind of, like, really pitch black. But
1: when it fights to the surface, it feels like when you're reading, it's quite a long way. But maybe that's just how it's written. Because if you're gasping for air anything feels like a long way and also he's carrying yeah. two people he's going really slowly and i feel yeah.
2: like
0: you can get quite deep underwater
2: and still see okay yeah yeah the gillyweed obviously affects his eyes in some way doesn't doesn't it because he can keep his eyes open he doesn't have any problems seeing underwater whereas obviously if we just like dove underwater yeah we wouldn't be able to keep our eyes open and see yeah
0: so the mer people are scared of the wand
2: yeah This a classic, like, centaur-like type thing, isn't it? Yeah. It was interesting when Harry says it was clear that as kind of, as frightening and, like, impressive as they were, they didn't know any more magic than the giant squid. squid. I was like, oh, that doesn't, for me, the fact that they don't have wands and they're, like, scared of wands doesn't, doesn't necessarily follow, I wouldn't make that assumption, because we know that there are plenty of creatures that have magic, they just don't use a wand for their magic.
0: Well, more people clearly don't have magic.
1: Yeah, not if we go by that comment, but the reality is we don't know. Do they have their own magic? And, yeah, they are fearful of wizard magic. It's an odd thing to say if they do, and obviously there's nothing else in the book that suggests that they do. Except for the fact that they're classed as magical creatures. Yeah, I know, right?
2: That, so what they must be—they must have some kind of magical because. I
3: don't think I don't, think.
2: I don't
0: think mythical and magical are synonymous.
2: No, yeah, but they are magical creatures, aren't they?
0: How do we know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they have their own kind of magic. I mean, they can live and breathe underwater. Um,
2: but that's not magic. So it can fish. They are half fish. I think that to include that comment. Suggest because so like that the author has made that comment really really it's not mm. you know and it's not Harry saying I think yeah the comment is it's clear that they have no magic so I think by including that comment you have to assume that they don't have magic yeah but that for me is surprising
0: going into the next chapter yeah Rita Skeeter's takedown of Um Hermione ha <laughs> ha pretty pretty good isn't it to be fair
1: it's. She has, kind of,
0: she has kind of smashed her. Have either of you ever been described as plain but ambitious?
1: <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> um, what about you, Millers? No. Just
2: plain. Plain is harsh, isn't it?
0: But didn't you love this as a kid? Didn't you love, like, all the kind of scandal?
1: Oh, I loved it.
0: Yeah, you hate that she's writing these things, but, like, it, it's the drama. You know, it's drama. It's soft
1: and
2: she's such a good character isn't she and it's so realistic like yeah of course there's going to be like if this is a big deal if the Triwizard Tournament is going to be a big deal there's going to be all these stories around it absolutely
1: and I'm not sure is it this is it Perfect Returns where the um owls arrive with the stuff that goes on her hands or is that the next chapter
0: no, that's the next
3: chapter. That's, yeah. So, on side so side.
1: in in this chapter, before we get any of the um, like the negative repercussions of what comes from it, it happening and like almost Hermione's response to it and Dumbledore's response to Rita is really nice. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You can definitely understand and relate to the response of the others that are you know, at Hagrid or whatever else, you, you can relate to it. But I really like the way that those characters are depicted and just being able to shrug it off.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that it's very Hermione, isn't it? It is very Hermione. I do really respect that. And it's an interesting one, all that stuff, because it's almost taken on a different... It's almost taken on a different layer to it with social media. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, when this was written in, like, the muggle world and the wisdom world, the most scandalous thing that could happen was very much to do with print.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's changed The response
2: would also be print, and so it just can't be in the same same volume, can it?
1: Absolutely. And, like, the danger of social media and the way that it's... So for me, I think it's incredibly dangerous to just always be sharing images without like real consent and be sharing your thoughts when you're not, you don't know whether or not that's going to be an okay thing to say in like three years. Do you know what I mean? Like just all these, all these different um, platforms that social media gives just the ordinary person and how incredibly detrimental that can wind up being and how everybody can have an opinion and it's written down and it's out there um that's very much
0: it's absent from the books it's, yeah it, if Hogwarts if, if like you could use like you know insta in in Hogwarts like
1: imagine those perks
0: oh my god I can't, I can't, oh yeah proper good gifts
1: i mean for one thing Chrome would have a blue tech oh yeah So would do yeah so I would harry potter yeah. Yeah.
0: harry potter probably wouldn't, harry wouldn't tweet much but harry,
1: harry would
0: wouldn't do it like, yeah. way too boring yeah
2: he'd have nothing to say but he'd Krem just would... tweet like every time he wins
1: quidditch yeah yeah like it just like it thumbs up. Good game.
0: good game guys thumbs up yeah we, we go again
1: <laughs> um a crumb would have a management team, wouldn't he? And when they'd come out, they'd have had to like set up some photos. So Hermione yeah, probably. would probably have to put a bikini on.
3: But, uh,
4: stop it. Don't stop it. Don't, we
0: don't, we don't need Rob. We don't need Rob esque comments from anyone else. <laughs> Snape's a bully, isn't he? I mean, reading out the
3: yeah, article is in class
0: is, is bully behavior. Don't.
1: He is a bully. But there were teachers like that. Like, I think we've kind of touched on this before, but like, you do get teachers that like get off on bullying the students, and we know this is true of Snape, but I don't think obviously Snape is an extreme, but we all knew teachers that were bitter and nasty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for,
0: for think-
3: better
0: or worse, I think there might be fewer now. Yeah. yeah. No, no, for better.
3: For better.
0: <laughs> yeah, let, let's talk about when Karkaroff comes in. Okay. I mean, it's obvious what's going on, especially in hindsight. Yeah. But I think even first time of reading, you should
1: Well, even should Ron it. got it. that They're talking about some sort of tattoo and, like, yeah. even Ron got that. I mean, I mean, Rob. I mean, Rob. Right. So, Karkaroff talks to Sirius about... The, the mark and the fact that it's getting, it's been getting stronger and all of these things and it's alluded to earlier and it, when yeah. I was reading it, it reminded me of the line earlier in the egg and the eye, right, so from what I can tell, people don't know about the dark mark mm, don't yeah. know about the dark mark I imagine Dumbledore must do because Snape would have told him Yeah, Yes, I, I think that's yeah, but I don't think Dumbledore would as disclose this to other people. I think for one reason, or another it's they not think. known. It's not known. What I kind of realized is that when obviously Moody, who is Barty Crouch Junior, is kind mm. of having that conversation with Snape in the egg and the eye, and he says, and I can't remember the exact line, but he says. Um, like a leopard doesn't change his spots, or a cheetah doesn't change his spots, and he said something like, "You and I know there are spots, sm- spots that never come off." And in yeah. that, he is basically saying to Snape, "Like I know." Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but 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 like, I don't think Snape really gets what he's saying. I really, I always
2: read it as it was a. It was a clear comment on the dark mark and it was understood as as such by Snape.
1: But, But would it be if Snape knows that actually nobody knows about the dark mark apart from Death Eaters?
2: But he probably doesn't know. There's definitely a chance, you know, Moody's an aura. There's definitely a chance that he would know.
0: I take it as... Snape is not 100% sure that the dark mark is being referenced here. Yeah. Because a leopard never changes their spots.
1: It can win. It's
0: very yeah. literal. It's very literal to be talking a, about a literal mark on your up.
2: But he then says there are some marks that won't come off.
0: Again, does he? Something
3: is that, is that like, Yeah, item? it's
1: something like that. I don't know the exact words, but it's something like but, there are some spots. The word yeah, but, but I reckon I'll try and find it now. I out, still don't
0: think Snape one hundred percent takes that. I literally. don't think
1: <laughs> he Snape does.
2: does but, no, but I think oh, that that that's how he takes it because because Moody knows that he's hit a nerve, and although Snape doesn't know that Moody knows, Snape knows. And when you are conscious of something, you are almost like paranoid about someone else referencing it.
1: uh yeah. Like I feel like. It's another example of Crouch Junior like go like being a bit of a sicko and sailing too close to the wind. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel yeah. like it's him just pushing it, like do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, he, yeah, no, he, no,
3: he has do. pushed it. I think
0: he has but pushed I think it.
2: that Snake. Although he does it, he can't know that that Moody knows. No, 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 no. I think he that that, like that's what he's thinking of when when but when Moody says that. And that's why Moody says it. It's not for Moody, it's not an in-joke to himself. No. It's to really get under Snape's skin and make him worried and paranoid. Yeah.
0: Sirius's retelling of the Marty Crouch Jr story you know what's known uh the public perception of what happened to him firstly it's very harrowing um and especially when you know what's really going on absolutely i also just think it's a neat piece of irony to have a character who had like a false narrative about him be considered the truth for so long to be kind of unknowingly laying out for the kids and for the reader uh, again a a false narrative of something that isn't actually the case and yeah I definitely think this this is a really underrated chapter Padfoot Returns I would say it's up there with some of the very best in terms of you know building up a story to a really interesting yeah, this, this
2: makes me think that maybe Rob won't like all the chapters that I like because the chapters that I like are where you find out a lot, like you find out new information either about directly about the story or about the Wizarding World. Like I love the Pensive, I love Veritaserum, where yeah. you kind of like you get someone's story. My yeah. fa- one of my favorite chapters is the Princess's Tale. Um, whereas Rob just doesn't seem that interested.
0: <laughs> I don't have much deep dive on this, just because um, it is really, you know, a narrative that's laid out to us, which ends up being a false narrative. Um, so yeah, my only comment really was that I was more, I would say, moved by it than I kind of expected to be. I, I always forget that this chapter exists. Yeah. I know what I know about the Crouch family and I um, understand the different moving parts and what happened when and what was public when and what wasn't but I forget about how it's told and laid out by Sirius in this chapter
2: (laughs) yeah same yeah it's
0: really bleak to have them in this like cave yeah with Sirius like sucking down chicken and being like really skinny and gone and not looking his best talking about you know how he watched them bury the body and stuff and yeah it gives me chills gives me chills it
1: is and do you know what's really sad is like the the kind of need for a person like the importance of graves as well I think is really sad and obviously knowing what we know later on the fact that like Crouch would have never got to visit his wife's grave, like she right. was just yeah. left there and how, um, just how harrowing that must have felt to live with, the fact that she's laid to rest there and it's the yeah. worst place.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And I was just thinking earlier, I was just pottering about the house, I was just thinking about the next chapter and, you know, we'll obviously come to this more next week, but, you know, Crouch's ultimate grave. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: Being of course
0: somewhere in the middle of the forest Yeah. presumably never known Uh, which is extremely bleak.
1: It's so bleak um, because they he obviously like loved his wife so much that obviously they would want to be together and
3: yeah, in absolutely. so many
1: ways like they didn't do anything wrong especially her like she did, she did loads wrong in the eyes of the law mm. but like really she just
0: and she's just another victim of Voldemort yeah you know, exactly
1: and like that's just so it is really it is a really a really harrowing thing to think about really
0: okay so let's have some outposts cue the jingle
1: what's your question tell me what's your question what's your question tell me what's your question
2: Okay, so this is from Katie Granger. Now, she sent this ages ago, but I kind of missed it because I she sent a few messages and I just only saw the most recent one. Mm-hmm. So it's about... I don't know what chapter this is about. I'm just going to read it. Yeah, Go
0: for it, Katie. Brilliant real fan. Um, loads of loads of outposts and muggle mail from her. Let's bring it yeah. on.
2: 11 thoughts on the goblet plot hole you mentioned maybe it's a plot hole and there's nothing in the text to say older students entered younger students names into the goblets but there's nothing to say they didn't either mm-hmm. i think it's just unlikely the goblet would choose these younger students based on their lack of skill a lack of skill up against much more worthy older students who have a more advanced knowledge of magic i definitely get that point i think that's that's the whole thing with, like, what's almost what's the point in putting yourself in if you're underage because you're unlikely to get picked. Yeah, yeah So I was surprised that the Weasley twins wouldn't have thought of it. To me, that's the most obvious.
0: Yeah, to me that is way the most way dangerous. round.
2: Yeah, um, the Goblet chooses the most worthy student from each school, so it's much more likely someone like Cedric Diggory would be chosen over someone like Colin Creevy.
1: Oh, don't this.
2: <laughs> I think Donald wouldn't have seen it as much of a risk and including the age line would deter enough students. Yeah. Also, if he had told the students it was against the rules, then that could have given them the idea in the first place and it would have been difficult to know who was doing it. My other theory is that if the goblet is so powerful that it can detect your worth just from you entering the name on a piece of paper... Then it's probably powerful enough to detect whether you're entering your own name into the goblet. Yeah. Maybe the only way it can be tricked in this way is by bewitching it like Crouch does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, part, part. yeah so funding it. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of what you and Kate said, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That's the one I lean towards. Thoughts on how objects can be conjured out of thin air.
1: Okay.
3: My
2: theory is based on the Ravenclaw Door Riddle, McGonagall answers in book five. The riddle is is, where do vanished objects go? And her answer is, into non-being, which is to say, everything. Therefore, I think when you vanish an object, it is broken down into all of its atoms, and whenever you are conjuring something, you are taking the atoms from that state of non-being, and bringing them into physical being, by creating whatever you want out of those atoms.
1: Yeah, like, this is where I stand with it, in that, if you look at, like, I think it's, newton's third law or whatever which is that energy can't be created or destroyed it's just transferred or changed so like you can't get heat from nothing heat comes from the combustion of other other things do you know what i mean And other things don't become nothing, they become something different, whether it's like fire or smoke, or and then that heats up the atoms in the air, and then that disperses into this or whatever. So the energy is constantly flowing. And I can, yes, I completely agree with this. Like the energy that we get from food isn't just energy that comes from nowhere. It comes from the ground. It comes from the sun. It comes from all of these different things. So yeah, I completely agree with that. And I do feel like that fits with science as we know it.
0: Yeah, this is interesting because she's brought up. Does she say any more about this? Oh,
2: well, she says... um... In the books, it says there are five principal exceptions to the Gamp's law of elemental transfiguration. It only mentions food as being one of those exceptions, but physical objects must be one of those exceptions too, meaning they can't be created from nothing. I feel like Gamp's law is a magical version of the laws of thermodynamics, where the first law states that energy can neither be created nor destroyed, Energy can only be transferred or changed from one form to another. I think it's the same with conjuring magical items out of thin air. You aren't creating an object out of nothing. You are using the atoms that are already available in that state of non-being. And as everything is made of atoms, you can create whatever you like. I mean, that's just, yeah. I mean, that's saying what she said and basically what you said. What I don't... I get confused about this, the exceptions to Gamp's law, because... Yeah. I don't actually know what Gamp's law is. Well we don't. I don't think we ever find it out. What, what what confuses me is that if the if the exception is that you can't make something out of nothing, but you don't seem to be able to make anything out of nothing. So
0: we've talked about this before. It's it's an underdeveloped
2: it seems to me that with that food, you can't do this thing of just conjuring from non-being. Mm.
0: So maybe that's
2: what it is, like nothing you can actually make from nothing, but you kind of conjure from this non-being. But we know you can't do that with food. It's, it's an exception. That's all we know. Yeah. But we know that like, whereas, whereas um, what someone might conjure a chair. Yeah. You can't do that with food. You could only make more chairs if you've got one yeah. or make a chair bigger if you've got one. Um,
0: it's really interesting. Is, by the way,
2: there is more. Go it, on, please. Ch- it changes subjects. Uh,
3: go
2: on, please. Um, go on. Thoughts on how Moody's eye sees through Harry's cloak. I think the Deathly Hallows were just made by clever wizards and they became a legend through the, throughout the centuries. This is what Dumbledore suggests to Harry in the King's Cross chapter in Book 7. Yeah. If the cloak was made by extremely talented wizards, then it's just as likely the eye was made by extremely talented wizards or witches and can see through the cloak. The cloak is the only one in existence, as is the eye, and so they seem to be exceptions to the laws of standard magic. Mrs Norris can sense the trio's presence when they're under the cloak, and probably because she can smell them. JK confirmed that in book two, when Harry and Ron are hiding underneath the invisibility cloak in Hagrid's hut, Dumbledore was able to detect their presence by using Homenum revelio, so there are lots of times the cloak is shown to be not a perfect form of invisibility. Again, I think those two—if we take invisibility as being about sight—those two things still don't undo its invisibility. They may make it like an imperfect
1: way to hide. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree because, like, you're still solid.
0: So Katie is um, trying to say that the eye is not
1: a a serious plot hole. It possi- possibly not. If we put the eye up there with like a halo to a degree, you know, to to having that same, level, that le- yeah, that level of skill as a halo, then it, it can work. Definitely, she's right. And that that isn't that certainly is. We never. She's right in that. Like we don't come across anything else quite like the eye.
0: I would I would put the eye being able to see through the cloak under the, um, I'd put that in the column of serious plot holes. There are plot holes pretty much all over the books. Like, if you want to find them, you can find them. You can mm-hmm. dig them up. I would I would file many of them under like minor plot holes that could be explained away with some simple fanon or oh, yeah. just like whatever. I'd put the eye under major because it, it, it's so plot important imperative for for several. Different books um and you know particularly the seventh book the, the the origin of the cloak is supposed to make it infallible and ancient in that way but it is the kind of thing that jk could resolve with one wizardingworld.com article yeah, yeah. on mad moody's eye we don't know where he got it we never see anything like it and all it would all it would take is for her to tell us how he got it and, you know, confirm that it's the only one that's been known to see through, uh, you know, invisibility cloaks of all of all qualities. That's all it would take, really. Yeah.
2: Um, she also says the other two hallows are not perfect, perfect either. The Elder Wand is called the Unbeatable Wand, yet every single owner in history has been beaten. Even Draco was able to disarm Dumbledore on the top of the Astronomy Tower mm-hmm. in Book Six.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Each hallow has its, has its own flaws, so I don't think it's unbelievable that how that yeah. Moody's eye can see through Harry's cloak when we know nothing about how the eye works, and it was probably just made by a clever wizard, as were well the hallows.
0: Hey, look, she's she's taught me around enough to not be too worried about it.
2: Yeah, uh, we also have some outposts from Lindsay Millington.
0: Hit me, long time friend of the show.
2: <laughs> First of all, from Rita Skeeter's scoop. She says, I love it when Hermione, with Harry and Ron in tow, storms to Hagrid's cabin, pounding on the door, only to be met by Dumbledore. Although Dumbledore is a great presence in the series, we see little of him, really, in these early books, other than when he's doing his headteachery bit. This scene is only a couple of pages, yet in them you get the whole spectrum of what makes him a great man. Hermione rocks too.
1: Yeah, no, we can't great, that. Great
2: also says the egg and the eye. Why on earth doesn't Harry use accio Axio? Yeah. To uh, when he drops the egg and the morders map and nearly gets caught by filch. This is a great point because he does have his one, doesn't he? Because he's trying desperately to tap um the morders map to wipe it. And I can only presume that it's just panic and that he's just like he's not used to. Kind of being able to do that spell.
0: Maybe yeah. panic. Maybe he's worried. He's, he's worried because he's under the cloak. So if he accio's it, like the egg's going to fly into his arms and then it's just going to be a floating egg. Yeah,
1: but better than a screaming egg. I suppose
0: it? better than a screaming egg. I I think it's just panic.
1: Yeah, and he is it he is in pain. But yeah, no, here's yeah. a, he a good point.
2: Um, I think that's it. There were just a few bits. Obviously, we haven't got much because um we haven't released many recently. Right. Has anyone got anything else to say? Oh, I've got, I mean, so we're not talking, we're not mentioning the S word, but um, I've decided who should sponsor us next.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, who's that? MS.
2: Oh yeah, why is
0: that? They
2: have got some great Harry Potter kids uh kids clothes have they they? yeah I sent you a message about this you never listen to me
0: look thank you very much for listening to Harry Potter Virgin our theme tune was an original composition by Patrick Steed our jingles were original compositions by Emily Tonks Philippa Thomas and Craig David it's goodbye from Millers
1: goodbye
0: goodbye from Philippa
1: sexy Dean Thomas
0: and goodbye
3: from me goodbye (laughs)